Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, almost a civil war. <laughs> things things start off really good, and then like for half a second, everybody's going to die. <laughs> we're going to talk about it in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Also, the podcast, if you can do me a favor, leave me a five-star review. Also, go and follow if you're on the, the Apple Podcast or Google, Amazon, all that stuff, when you follow, it helps us get the word out to people. It really, really does. Also, I would love for you to go to our Facebook group, the Bible Breakdown Discussion. And man, there's some people doing some great work over there. I'm really excited about it. I think I sometimes look forward to seeing what they have to say more than what I'm saying right here. So I love it, love it, love it. Also, if you want to get a little bit more Bible breakdown, I want you to go to my blog, brandoncannon.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and you can get more of that. And I'm just always, man, just just digging into God's Word, because the more we dig, the more we find. And today is one of those. Today is one of those things where you know, we're almost there. There's only a couple more chapters in the, the book of Joshua, and it would be really easy to think everything's okay. And it almost is. So if you remember, kind of catch you up while you're getting your, your coffee, you're getting your Bible, getting ready to dive into God's Word together, you know, the nation of Israel has crossed over the Jordan River. Now, there were some folks who stayed on the other side of the Jordan. There were some of the tribes who said, you know what, we're going to stay over there. It was Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. They'd already you know, set up their families and all of this. And so the fighting men, they came over and they're gonna, they went and helped the nation of Israel conquer all the lands. And they do that. It's amazing. They, they also go in and they help them take in and, and go do all the things. Well, it's time for them to finally go home and be with their families. For some of them, this has been a 25-year conquest. I mean, they haven't seen their families in that long, but it was a promise that they made. So they're finally about to go back. And as they get ready to go back, it almost gets really, really bad. Okay, so imagine for a moment... I don't know if you've ever done this before. I remember one time that I couldn't find my keys. I went looking everywhere for my keys. I was searching for them. I was asking everybody about them. And I asked specifically my wife, did you touch my keys? Because I always put my keys in the same place. And she never touches my keys. She has her own keys, right? But for some reason, I kept asking her and my, my girls, did you touch my keys? Did you touch my keys? And I just became convinced that my wife or one of my girls had moved my keys and I just was getting frustrated. I was like, I, I don't know. I understand why, why would you hate me? <laughs> I'm going to run late, all this stuff. And I just could not understand this. And finally my, I can't remember if it was my wife or my oldest daughter, but finally they started to smile at me and they said, you know, dad, uh, I need to talk to you about something. And I wasn't ready to hear it. I was so frustrated. I was like, I need to know where my keys are. You ever been there? You know, I'm just so frustrated. And finally, I think it was my oldest daughter. And she said, Dad, I'm pretty sure I see them in your pocket. Well, I reach in and of course, there's my keys because like the key fob was hanging outside my pocket, right? That's, that's how she could see it. And it was amazing how I was so frustrated. But when I stopped to listen, <laughs> just for a moment, I kept myself from getting into more trouble. I don't know if you, maybe you've never, hopefully you have never been there before. 
That is exactly what happens today, where almost they got into a big problem over something that should never even happen. So if you got your Bibles now with me to Joshua chapter 22, we're going to dive into this. And first, we're going to see how things start bad. They almost go really, really, or start good. They almost go really, really bad. And let's see what God's Word can teach us today. You ready? Here we go. Joshua chapter 22, verse 1 says this. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, You have done as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you have obeyed every order I have given you. During all this time, you have not deserted the other tribes. You have been careful to obey the commands of the Lord your God right up to this present day. And now, the Lord your God has given the other tribes rest as he promised them. So go back to your home, to the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you as your possession on the east side of the Jordan River. But be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave you. Love the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Obey his commands. Hold firmly to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. What an amazing promise for them. I do these things. Remember, we were looking in the book of Deuteronomy. That's what Moses kept saying. Just just serve God. <laughs> He's got great things for you. That's, that's what Joshua tells him. Just, just go serve the Lord. Verse 6, so Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went home. That's beautiful, right? Here we go. Verse 7, Moses had given the land of Bashan, east of the Jordan River, to the half-tribe of Manasseh. The other half of the tribe was given to the land west of the Jordan. As Joshua sent them away and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your home with the great wealth that you have taken from your enemies, the vast herds of livestock, the silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and large supply of clothing. Share the plunder with your relatives. So the men of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh left the rest of Israel at Shiloh and the land of Canaan, and they started the journey back to their own land of Gilead, the territory that belonged to them according to the Lord's command through Moses. Now, Watch what happens. Verse 10. But while they were still in Canaan, and when they had come to the place called Agelioth, which was near the Jordan River, the men of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh stopped to build a large and imposing altar. Now, if you remember, that's a no-no. They were only supposed to worship at the place that God had set. The place at that point was Shiloh. That's where they were supposed to do that. They hadn't even got back yet, and they're already starting to do something that God told them not to do. So, this, this moment is, good, is kind of a problem. So it, once again, they built a large and imposing altar. Verse 11, the rest of Israel heard that the people of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh had built an altar at Gelioth at the edge of the land of Canaan on the west side of the Jordan River. So the whole community of Israel gathered at Shiloh and prepared to go to war against them. So a civil war is about to break out. First, however, they sent a delegation led by Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, to talk to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. In this delegation were the ten leaders of Israel, one from each of the ten tribes, and each of the heads of the family within the clans of Israel. When they arrived in the land of Gilead, they said to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, The whole community of the Lord demands to know why you are betraying the Lord your God of Israel. How could you turn away from the Lord and build an altar for yourselves in rebellion against him? Was not this the sin of Peor, and was it not enough? To this day we are not fully cleansed of it, even after the plague that struck the entire community of the Lord. And yet today you are turning away from following the Lord. You 
Why, if you rebel against the Lord today, he will be angry with all of us tomorrow. If you need the altar because the land you possess is defiled, then join us in the Lord's land, where the tabernacle of the Lord is situated, and share our land with us. But do not rebel against the Lord or against us by building an altar other than the one true altar of the Lord our God. Didn't the divine anger fall on the entire community of Israel when Achan, a member of the clan of Zerah, sinned by stealing the things set apart for the Lord? He has not. He was not the only one who died because of his sin. So in other words, they're saying, why have you done this? You're going to bring judgment on all of us because of this. If you got a problem, why don't you come talk to us and we can figure it out. But we're about to smack you down <laughs> because it ain't just you you messing up. you messing up all of us by being ignorant. <laughs> That's basically what they're saying. But look at this, verse 21. Then the people of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh answered the heads of the clans and said, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Everybody take a break. Look in your pocket, right? The Lord, the mighty one, he's God. The Lord, the mighty one, is God. Like, like, like I want to make sure you hear me. Put, put the sword down, right? He knows the truth, and may Israel know it too. We have not built the altar in treacherous rebellion against the Lord. If we have done so, do not spare any of our lives to this day. If we have built this altar for ourselves to turn away from the Lord or to offer burnt offerings or grain offerings or peace offerings, may the Lord himself punish us. The truth is, so once again, you can see them going, hey, hey, hey. The truth is, we have built this altar because we fear that in the future, your descendants will say to ours, what right do you have to worship the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has placed the Jordan River as a barrier between our people and and you people of Reuben and Gad. You have no claim to the Lord. So your descendants may prevent our descendants from worshiping the Lord. So we dedicated, uh, we decided rather to build the altar, not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but as a memorial. It will remind our descendants and your descendants that we too have the right to worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and peace offerings. Then your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no claim to the Lord. If they say to us, our descendants can reply, look at this copy of the Lord's altar that our ancestors made. It is not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. It is a reminder of the Lord's or the relationship between both of us and that we all have with the Lord. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord or to turn away from him by building our own altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, or sacrifices. Only the altar of the Lord our God that stands in front of the tabernacle may be used for this purpose. So once again, they are saying the only reason we did this, because we don't trust you jokers. <laughs> we don't trust that one day when we try to cross over the Jordan again to go worship the Lord, that y'all aren't going to say y'all can't come. We want to worship the Lord just like you. So we're building this as a reminder to you that we were once both worshiping the Lord together and that we have a right to come back again. So they're saying, we ain't trying to fight. We ain't trying to do nothing. We just trying to do a reminder. Verse 30, when Phinehas the priest and the leaders of the community and the heads of the clans of Israel heard that this from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe of Manasseh, they were satisfied. Phinehas the son of Eleazar the priest replied to them, Today we know that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against the Lord as we thought. Instead, you have rescued Israel by being, uh, from being destroyed by the hand of the Lord. 
Then Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, and the other leaders left the tribes of Reuben and of Gad and Gilead and returned to the land of Canaan to tell the Israelites what had happened. And all the Israelites were satisfied and praised God and spoke no more about going to war against Reuben and Gad. The people of Reuben and Gad named the altar Witness, for they said, It is a witness between us and them that the Lord is our God too. All I can say is, phew, almost they had a civil war. And thankfully, cooler heads prevailed, and they just needed to explain things a little bit. Now, we could go back and forth on this. On one end, you want to look and you want to say, you know, Gad, Reuben, half-tribe of Manasseh, you could have told a brother on your way out what you were going to do. But then on the other side, Phineas and all these other folks could have could have said, you know what, before we decide to go kill all the people that we're related to who's been helping us, maybe we hear them out, right? And so at the end of the day, it is so easy to get in our emotions, to get in our feels about all kinds of things. And the more you care, the more, the more you get into it, right? And so that's why it's so important before we fuss, before we fight, we try to listen. I heard of this thing one time called, they call it the flat brain. And what that means is that whenever you experience something that triggers you in the moment, like all the blood leaves your brain and it goes into all of your extremities. It's called the fight, flight, or freeze response. And that's not just something that happens when you fight, but it's for anything that causes you to have a reaction. And maybe you're, you're someone like me, and that is not all the things, but every once in a while, like when I lose my keys or something like that, I have a tendency to react rather than listen. And so I wonder if God's word, a principle here would be, before we react, listen, because we never know what may be going on. Are you one of those that sometimes reacts before you listens, before you listen? Maybe your next step today would be, Holy Spirit, help me to have ears to hear before I react. Maybe you're someone that you have a tendency to not trust people. And so you have a tendency to run after them instead of giving them a chance to tell you what's going on. Maybe your prayer today would be, Holy Spirit, give me the wisdom to, before I decide how someone feels or decide what they're going to do, give them a chance to explain themselves. I don't know, but I think every one of us could learn the lesson, just like I needed to learn from my daughter, hey, before I get too angry, check my pocket. (laughs) Some of us, before we get too angry, check the situation. It'll help us to have more peace. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you are with us and you are for us. Thank you, God, as we are getting ready to end the gospel, not the gospel, but we're getting ready to end Joshua, Lord, that you're still speaking to us. And we know that in this life, we're doing life with people, which means there's going to be misunderstandings. And in those misunderstandings, hurting people hurt people. But I pray even in that, God, you will speak to us. Give us wisdom so that we can do life with one another in a healthy way. And we celebrate that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I am determined that by the time we finish this, at least one episode, I'm not going to say the gospel of Joshua. I almost said it again. But I also hope that by the end of your life, you say like Joshua did in Joshua 21:45, not a single one of all of the good promises that the Lord had given was left unfulfilled. He had fulfilled everything he had spoken, and it came true. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for Joshua chapter 23.